You're listening to She Well Read. Get ready to be part of a community that is dedicated to helping you become the most well-read version of yourself through reading. On this show, we hope to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of self-care while increasing your knowledge on various topics. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition episode of She Will Read. Today, we are continuing our Black 365 campaign with special guests. And when I say special, I mean special guests. Demona Hoffman from Dates and Mates podcast. Hello, Demona. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, my. No, thank you for coming on the show. We are such big fans of your podcast. We met Demona at uh, the She Podcast Festival in October of last year and fell in love with Demona, fell in love with her show. We tune in every Tuesday religiously and we have our like regular podcast meetings on Tuesdays and it always comes up because we've like listened to the episode during the day and then when we have our meeting at night we're like did you listen to Demona today like oh my gosh I'm blushing (laughs) (laughs) so needless to say we are big fans of the show and are so excited that you're here with us today I am so excited and thank you for listening to the show. You know, sometimes I think you can understand as as podcasters, sometimes it it feels like a, it's a real labor of love. And I actually, my 400th episode I just recorded. So uh, I've been doing it for a minute. <laughs> so it's nice. It's still nice to get feedback and know that what I'm saying is really connecting and, um, you know, that it's it's worth worth pursuing for maybe another 400 episodes (laughs) no i was about to say listen you've gotta at least keep recording until i get a man please let's do that that you have my work (laughs) i got you i will let you know i will send you an email demona i have a man now you can quit at your leisure (laughs) but you know i i I do want i have that goal i share that goal with you but i i also i i just i love doing this i i love i love love not to be corny, but I really have discovered that this is this is my life's work. And and the more that I do it, the deeper I my understanding grows and the more I can help people. And it just it makes me happy to see that I can change lives in, in that way with taking everything that I've learned over the last what, 15 years that I've been doing this and really synthesizing it into actionable information that people can apply to their life. Yes, no, that's so great. And actually leads into our first discussion. So how did you get started in the dating and relationship world? Like, what was your inspiration? My inspiration was, I figured something out and I got to tell other people about it. But uh, the, the catalyst for that was I was actually working as a casting director in television. And I was teaching classes at night for actors who I saw I saw so many talented actors that just did not know what to do to get noticed, to get their foot in the door. And then they get their foot in the door and they would just put it in their mouth and like completely ruin their chances from from the beginning of the audition. And as I was teaching these classes about simple things like with the headshots, how to direct the eye to the place you want people to focus how to get your story across visually in your photos, you know, just just little tips and tools that can make a huge difference in how someone is perceiving you when they're just they only have a photo to go on. I realize it's the same thing as online dating. And a headshot is basically a dating profile photo and a first date is an audition. 
And once I applied those, those transferable skills that I was teaching the actors to my own online dating experience, I ended up meeting my husband. And then people just came to me for advice. They're like, well, you met a great guy online, but it doesn't really work. And I'd say, let me see your profile. And I started initially just as a profile writer, all the while going up the, the, the chain in television. And I finally realized about 10 years ago that this was my calling. And I, I left my TV career to pursue, pursue dating coaching full time. Of course, because I had such a long history in television, then I ended up transitioning to also do television and coach people on camera. But that's a whole that's a other a whole other Oprah. <laughs> you know that that's story. Great. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally awesome. And I love how this one thing that you were doing, this one passion that you had, you were like, oh, wait a minute. This could also relate to this other thing that I'm passionate about. And like like you said, helping people work through that. Um, Sarah said, not the Oprah of dating. I'm so weak. <laughs> but no, but really, though, you are our Oprah of dating. Um, <laughs> like every week, we're like, does she know like what we're talking about, like what we're going through? Because I swear every, it's so relevant. And I think that's the amazing part of your show, especially in today's world of dating. It's completely different than like when our parents were dating. I'm sure when you were dating, like the game has changed completely. Oh, yeah. The game has changed even just in the years that I've been a dating coach. And I'm glad to hear that the the podcast resonates for you on that level, because I always I'm always thinking about my audience. I'm always trying to put myself in the shoes of the person listening and what they need to hear at that moment. So over the 400 episodes, there have been so many evolutions. And I'm now actually fitting that I can announce this on this podcast, but I'm actually writing a book right now that's synthesizing all of this information. And it's, I, first of all, <laughs> it's very daunting to write a book. I now have tremendous respect. I mean, I already had a lot of respect for authors, but I have even more respect because it is, uh, it is, a, it is a really difficult task to take, take knowledge and then get it down on the page and be able to transfer that knowledge. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So it won't be out until I think 2024. <laughs> uh, I know. I don't. My publisher controls that. I do not. But um, I'll come back on the show and then we can talk about what the book is once it's actually out. Yes, please. That was actually something we had to talk about because I peeped while listening to the show. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. You had kind of mentioned the book and I was like, wait, did y'all catch that? Did she say book 2024? Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we are definitely going to circle back to that one and love that we're getting an exclusive. What? Who are we? Um, but OK, so something we did want to ask because our listeners are kind of mid-20s, early 30s, that kind of age range. So dating in your 20s, how do you determine what you actually need in a partner versus what society says you should want in a partner? Because I think a lot of us get confused in that kind of haze. Alana, see, now you're reading my mind because that's really what the book is about. It's about focusing in on the most important predictors of long-term compatibility. That's what most people come to me for. Like, if you just want to hook up, that's fine. Just open Tinder, swipe, 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 and you're good. 
But if you're looking for a long lasting, meaningful relationship, you have to drill down to what I call the four pillars. And the four pillars are shared values, common goals for the future, trust and respect, and communication and conflict resolution. And this is what I've seen over the last 15 years that I have been doing this work, that there isn't enough clarity around those four factors. And you've heard me talk on Dates and Mates about slow love. They can only be determined through getting to know someone gradually over time. And what I try to do is, is slow down that process so that you really can get clarity and see does someone have the same values that I do? When some anyone can write whatever they want in their profile or can say, you know, words are cheap. <laughs> Not in books, of course. <laughs> but, but, you know, so, someone could say, oh, I believe this, I believe that. But you have to really see it in practice to understand what someone's values are. But you are living in your own body, in your own mind, so you can get clear on what your values are before you begin the dating process. And, you know, with my work at OkCupid, I'm, I'm their official dating coach, and I get to look at the data and, and, and sort of editorialize what, what we're actually seeing in the behaviors of users. And a lot of people we're seeing now, there is this separation that we see in society of people, you know, d dating based on their political beliefs because we think it's a proxy for a whole set of beliefs. And guess what? It's not at all. You have to get in there and have those conversations. But if you can do a little soul searching yourself and just say, what's important to me? What do I believe in the world? What are my goals? Where do I see myself in five years or 10 years? And not let that be something that, like sometimes people will say, oh, I'm afraid to share that because that might push somebody away or they might be if I say I want to get married and have kids, then what if they, that's too much for them and they run away? If they run away, good, girl, that wasn't your man. You know, you need to have clarity and conviction in the choices that you make about the way you want to live your life. No, that's absolutely true. And like you said, something that we're seeing a lot in the dating world, especially with the political climate that we've been under, gosh, I'd say for the past 10 years at this point, it feels like, um, and how strongly we've seen people can feel about their political affiliations. And I love how you said that that necessarily shouldn't be the end all be all just because you might have different political beliefs, even though it might be different. I love how you said getting into the deeper of that and your actual core values and if those can still line up because, you know, that would delete a whole pool of the dating world. I know you've talked about that on your show before, like even when it comes to race and dating. Um, if you, you know, disbarge or delete a whole section of people, then it's like, well, your dating pool just got that much smaller. So I really like how you said that. All of these things that we think are, are a proxy for mutual understanding. I love unpacking all that. So we assume that, right? We assume, oh, this person, this person is black. They must understand my experience. But as I'm sure you have moved through in your dating experiences, everyone's personal culture, family background experience is different depending on where you grew up and what era you grew up in and where is your family from and what religion is your family. And so we make all these assumptions based on race, based on 
based on age, based on education as well. All the time people will say to me, especially I see this with particularly women who have advanced degrees. And and I'm sure you know that women now are are getting master's degrees at higher levels than men are. Yeah, I'm actually in my master's program right now. That's why Sarah's pointing at me. <laughs> and you look around and you're like, we're all the dudes. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that's absolutely right. I have seen, I'm online, but I can still see that because we have discussion boards. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of women in here. But I'm like, good. Yeah. There are a lot of women, but the problem is when we start to put a meaning on that and say, well, a, a lot of times people will tell me, oh, I have to meet someone who's at or above my education level, at or above my my income level. And everybody is dating sort of aspirationally, but we don't take the time to to drill down on what does that even mean? What does it mean to date someone who also has a master's degree? I don't know if you, maybe you haven't, didn't have that um, restriction on yourself, but what is, what is a master's degree mean to you? I'm actually asking you the question a lot. Okay. I was like, I'm like, is this a hypothetical or is this for me? Um, to me, a master's degree is not an end all be all like, because in the world that we live in, in the economy, in the job world, Sometimes you don't even have to have a bachelor's degree to get most jobs. It's really all about experience. And I feel like the more you can open your mind to that. And because I think it, like you said, it used to be like, oh, you don't have your degree or da 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 da. Like it's a complete turnoff. But I personally don't see it that way. I'm like, listen, if you're in your grind and you're making money and you're doing what you need to do, that's really all that matters. Yes, you're right. And there were a couple of things in what you said that I think really highlight what your values are. You value hard work. You value, you said it's about expansion of your mind. You, you value someone who has that expansive worldview and maybe is curious about learning. Obviously, obviously we're on the She Well Read podcast. You, you know, somebody that is curious and, and voracious about gaining knowledge. Now we assume, not you, but society assumes Oh, that those qualities come with a master's degree or a bachelor's degree or whatever it is that society or our parents or our, our social circle tell us. And so then we start making assumptions like, well, if someone doesn't have this stamp <laughs> that says they value these same things, then they must not be on that level. And maybe that means I'm dating down. When really, if we step back and say, what is the experience that I want to have with my partner? I want someone who's, who's well-read, well-traveled, who's curious. Those may not come with that box checked on the dating app. And I'm going through this with a client right now who has four deal breakers listed on her OkCupid profile. And for those of you who use OkCupid, four deal breakers is a ton of deal breakers because that then filters out anyone who doesn't make that that cut and the criteria is must have master's degree because she has a master's degree and then when we start to put all layer all these other deal breakers on must also be the same religion that I am must also be of this of this race must also be within a 5 mile radius of my house and then she comes to me and she's like, why do I have two people in my queue? I'm, this, is a, this is not a hypothetical story. This is an actual story. I'm like, well, 
let's look at the deal breakers. Are these really deal breakers? Because every time you put another filter on, you're, you're, you're cutting off your pool. Now, I imagine a lot of your listeners in their 20s and 30s, which I also am in. <laughs> Period. Just, just playing. I miss it by that much. Um, but most, most of the clients, particularly I'll say in their 20s, tend to have a different problem with online dating. It's not that they're filtering too much. It's that they're not filtering at all. That's so interesting, not filtering at all, because then you have like almost, is it like too many options? That's where we get into what you've probably heard on Dates and Mates many times, the dating burnout, where it's like, I have so many people, all these dudes hollering at me, all of these people I'm swiping through and swiping left every time because you haven't been specific enough in, in the, and you're, you're in this place of possibility. Like, well, what if? I don't want to cut somebody off if maybe they aren't the perfect person on paper, but what if I just keep it open and then you get into overwhelm? So my strategy changes based on the experience you're currently having in dating. But if you're frustrated with dating, something in your dating strategy is broken and needs to be fixed. No, I love that you mentioned that because uh, we have another friend, Autumn, who also listens to your show religiously like we do. Um, shout out to Autumn. She would have loved to be here and to meet you. So I'm sure I'm saying hello for for her to you. <laughs> hello, Autumn. Um, she's going to die. Thank you for listening. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about this all the time from listening to your show uh, about the dating burnout and switching the way that we are dating because Samra's over here in a relationship. You know, still apply to her. I'm kidding. <laughs> but for Autumn and I, who are like actively in the dating pool, we talk about it all the time, like, oh, I'm trying this new thing out to see maybe if the outcome changes when I go on my next date or my next first date or whatever it is. Um, and then we come back with notes like, oh, this is what worked. This is what didn't. This is what I like. This is what I didn't like about this. And so we're constantly evolving our dating, which is something I love that you highlight mentioned, because I think people can get very stagnant and be like, well, this is the way I date and this is how it's going to be. So if you don't open your mind to those new possibilities, then yes, you will get stuck where you're at. And like you said, dating burnout. Yes. And that perspective is everything, Alana, like being being curious about yourself as well and using dating as an opportunity to learn more about you and also relationship, relationships. So, Samo, you're still in the conversation here. <laughs> but really, I think I so I'll, another sneak peek, uh, I'm writing this chapter right now on soulmates and um, I'm really inspired by by philosophy. I, I only really started diving into it in the last few years, but there were there's so many answers in like ancient Greek philosophy that like they had it all figured out. Then we went and messed it all up and now we're like refiguring it out. But um you know, in, in, uh, I, I reference Plato's symposium and in symposium, it's, it's a, it's a series of speeches all about the nature of love and the purpose of love and the meaning of love. And in it, they talk about how, how real true love is actually about discovery. It's about understanding of beauty. It's about uh, pursuit of the truth. And 
I love that definition of love. And I think it then transcends what is romantic love, what is platonic love, which was also sort of seated in this text. And ultimately guides us to understand that our relationships are for the purpose of of reaching our true selves, both personally and within society. And as someone who has been with my husband, we, we're celebrating 15 years of of marriage. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. No, that's uh, awesome. My parents are actually, I think this year is 15 for them too. So yeah. Girl, you just made me feel real old. Um, so <laughs> no, 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 you're so young. I'm not that old. Uh, we're not very young. But anyways, uh, 50, after 15 years, I really feel that. I feel that like, yes, we, we have passion. Yes, we have, we have connection. We feel supported by one another. But the thing I love most and the thing that attracted me most to my husband was his mind. And that through being in a relationship with him, I gain a deeper level of understanding about myself and the world that I live in. Wow. And it that's is, a yeah. She Well Read exclusive. <laughs> I'm like, yes, like over here, my mic muted, like freaking out because so Samra knows this, but this year I have dedicated it to because, you know, everybody does the New Year's resolutions and all. I don't believe in that stuff anymore. I'm like, listen, live your best life every year. Don't because I feel like with resolutions, if you don't get it done before the year is over, you feel all this disappointment and sadness. And I don't want to feel that. So I have dedicated this year for me, though, as a season of or my love era, as I'm talking about it, um, and not just like romantic love, but self-love as well. I feel like and we've had this conversation a lot about self-love and, you know, dating yourself and finding who you are, even while dating or while in a relationship, kind of like you were talking about. And I'm currently reading um, All About Love by Bell Hooks. and. Like you talk about slow love, it's a slow read for me because it's got a lot of good information in there, but it's heavy. Oh yeah, her work is very dense. It it's it's not like <laughs> not like poolside, uh, you know, spring break reading. Yeah, no, but it's, it's so yeah. wise. She's yes, like, she is. What, and what? I I made a TikTok on our on our TikTok page, and it was like turned to the page thirty of the book, and it was talking about childhood trauma and how that affects your love and your future love life and I was like oh this book is about to wreck me but <laughs> I think it's really it's really good though still and it's really good stuff um so with so that much of it is just the awareness right it's like yes. we all have stuff we all have stuff it's just some people like to just stuff away their stuff and some people like you are willing to pull the stuff out and look at it and say does this serve me anymore? How is this driving my decisions? How is this driving my relationships? And do I want it to be in the driver's seat? Do I want it to be in the back seat? Do I want to toss it out the window? No, absolutely. And and that's something I work through in therapy as well, which you all know we shout this out on the show so many times, but therapy, it's so great. It has completely changed my mental health. And I talked to my therapist now and we call this, I've unlocked a new level of therapy and we're in dating and relationships now. Um, so we talk about that a lot. And I talk about my dates that I go on with her um, and which kind of goes into the Dear Demona segment that I wanted to talk about. 
Um, I wanted to, I want to have the dear Demona. If y'all don't listen to Demona's show, which this is your shine that you should, um, at the end of the show, there's a segment where you get kind of listener letters or DMs or, you know, people can leave you audio messages of what they have going on in dating. So we're going to do one with me, if that's okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. And Sarah knows I've been like stressing about this because I was like, I have so much, but I've got to condense this down. So I think I've finally condensed it kind of. I still might ramble. Okay. So Demona, I obviously am in the dating world and have been doing a lot of dating recently, going on first dates. And I think I used, whenever it didn't work out with someone, I'd be like, oh crap. Like, what did I do? Like, what went wrong what do I need to change and I'm someone who values closure so usually you know I would ask the person hey like I know we didn't work out for whatever reason we have our own personal reasons but can you share would you share with me like what was it for you so that I can continue to you know if there's something I did grow myself or just grow in dating in general and what I found at least in the last person that I was going on dates with um it wasn't me. It was just them personally. And I don't know what it was about what they said, but it like this thing went off in my brain, like, oh, wait, maybe it's not me. Like, maybe it's not, at least not always me. Um, and so I recently went on a date on Monday uh, and he's a great guy. He's really sweet, really personable. And during the date, he was telling me, you know, wow, like, you know, I didn't really have many expectations for this date, but you've exceeded my expectations. And I was like, oh, kudos to me. Um, and you've been listening to Dates and Mates. <laughs> right. It's working. I'm telling y'all, you got to start listening. <laughs> um, and so, you know, he's telling me, you know, everything's going really well. And it started to mimic the last guy I was dating. I was like, huh, I'm seeing a pattern here. Um, and immediately after the date, like he's been more like intentional, which is like great and more active than like before we went on our first date and he's kind of been in like the last guy teeter-tottering on love bombing and like really early and like just showing a lot of energy and I don't think energy is a necessarily a bad thing but I think it could turn into something that's not that great so I wanted to get your perspective kind of on you know the love bombing and like showing your energy in someone while you're dating and kind of what that looks like and if you know if I could be like hey this is great but I kind of need you to like we're still very early on I'm still trying to get to know you I mean how to say that I guess nicely <laughs> okay first I just have to acknowledge the first thing you said about about when it ends and you get feedback on on what happened and I have to you have to hear from me most times you didn't do anything wrong, right? Like unless you just, unless you like went off the deep end, it's not about right or wrong. So first of all, we just reframe that into it's about deeper understanding of ourselves. And, and you've heard me say this on the show before. If it's not a match, it's not a match. It doesn't necessarily mean that something is wrong or broken about you. It's that you and that person didn't fit. Even if you felt like you did, they have their own experience that you can't own or control. So that's part one. Part two on this situation is 
a lot of times when we have a different experience than the other experiences that we have, like you probably longed for this. You were like before, you know, people were like one foot in, one foot out. And then you were like, I just wish you called this in, Alana. You're like, I just wish I could meet a man that would that would like treat me really well and be communicative and be supportive. And I could really feel that he cared about me and he would speak his speak what he was feeling. And then it happens. And then we get like we feel panic because the there was there was this void that suddenly got filled in and it can feel overwhelming because we've become so accustomed to the the other feeling the feeling of disappointment the feeling of 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 not being seen not being uh, appreciated so i would say do a little bit of just sitting with yourself you're doing this you know love era self love journey and just say first of all where you you mentioned a, a history of trauma where has this come up in my life before where has not this situation alana this feeling when have i felt this feeling before and see if there's any correlation of feeling that trigger and what happened after so sometimes it'll be like you know i had a parent that did this and then they then they suddenly disappeared or I had a past relationship. Your eyes got wide. Did I? <laughs> that was the one. That was it. <laughs> I don't know. I just threw it out there. But uh, I'm telling you, you're reading my mind every single week, all the time. Anywho. <laughs> uh, well, because I know I've been doing this for a long time and I know that there, there are these patterns that really are deeply ingrained in our society and our, in our, um, you know, just our, our mental processing as well. And so when we slow it down and get curious, that's when we can make different choices because we'll just go back into our biological conditioning if we don't, if we don't take that beat. So, so that's probably what's coming up for you is that you're feeling like you hear me talk on the show a lot about the, the completion of stories. And, you know, I was saying that's what kind of got me into this telling people, teaching people how to tell their stories through their dating profiles. So our brains love stories. I know she well read. She loves stories. She loves stories. So when you are anticipating the end of the story, that's when that rush of feeling comes up. I think I've heard this story before. Okay. I know I didn't like how that ended. So that's where the panic and the guarded feeling may be coming from. Now, once you've kind of separated your feelings of what's coming up for you from the actions of what's happening, then you can also get curious about what he's doing and whether it, it really is something that is a dangerous level of love bombing. Like, is it Tinder Swindler level of love bombing? Is it West Elm Caleb level of love bombing? Or is it, is it just like him being authentic in a way that you haven't felt before. And now Samra is giving faces. <laughs> I just wanted to say, and I hope that my echo is not being weird. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that my current partner, um, he was giving me an energy that I didn't know that men could give. <laughs> 
Um, and I was like, oh, I guess he's just mature because he's um, like six years older than me. Uh, six years. Yeah, six years older. Uh, so I was just like, okay, I guess I need to like dating older men is the way to go. But I really think that what you're saying, Demona, is correct. It's like when you've never seen this, it's a red flag. Um, and even though it's something you've been wanting and manifesting and calling to you, when it finally comes, you're like, okay, but I can't see the end of the story. So how do I know that, like, is this, and I think that it almost is like trusting the process. Like if he's giving you the energy that you want right now, then that's great. And like, you don't have to, you don't have to go down that road of like, is it going to end? Is he going to stop and then start treating me like, you know, terribly, which I think is like what love bombing is, right? Like until, until that negative part comes, like it's not a love bomb. It's just love, you know? It was perfect. See, here's the thing about Samra. <laughs> she will like, because even coming into this, she was like, you know, I'm going to take a back seat, just really listen and enjoy and then when she here's the thing about Sandra when she does speak you're like whoa and then that's the moment that I just had with I think we both just had with her about what she was saying right she's so right it's not love bombing it's just love that said you know I am a big fan of slow love and so slow love means spacing out the interactions it means being clear with your partner about how you like them to communicate with you and the frequency. So if it, it's too, if the, you did you say they're, you, you saw them just like a Monday? Yes, I saw them on Monday. Mm -hmm. And so what, yeah, let's, what does love bombing look like for you right now? What, what do you mean by that? Okay. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, because I'm like, maybe love bombing isn't the word, but Okay, so last night I had a friend over, and this is just like one example that I was like, okay, chill out. Um, I had a friend over last night and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to have a friend over tonight. Um, so, you know, I might be less responsive because, you know, I'll be with her. And he was like, okay, yeah, cool. You know, talk to you whenever. And so uh, he was still trying to, you know, text me and I wasn't really responding because I was with my friend. And Towards the end of the night, because I told, because he asked me, he was like, "Oh, could we Facetime later?" And I was like, "Well, should probably be here pretty late, and I know you have to get up for work early in the morning, so you know, let's try to shoot for another day, because um, it'll probably be late." And he was like, "Okay, cool," but then he called me later in the evening, and my friend was still here, and I was like, "Why is he calling me?" Um, and I texted him, and I was like, "Hey, is everything okay?" Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you um, really quick before I went to bed for the night to say goodnight, da -da -da -da. which is sweet. But I was like, but to me, it's like almost you're not listening or like, what's the disconnect? Feels, yeah, it feels like a disrespect to your boundaries that you. Yes. Yeah. OK, so then here's the other part of all this is that. While you're doing all of your processing, the other person has all of their stuff that they're still processing. So it sounds to me, not to overanalyze him, because I heard, you know, two sentences, but it sounds like he also might have a little bit of a, an anxious attachment style that 
we can we can just roll back the clock and I, I don't know how well you know his history, but but I I'm sure if you go back into it and even, you know, the attachment style is really, really grounded in the first five years of your life, that there's something that makes him feel insecure where he needs to have that validation. He needs to have that communication to feel safe himself. So this is the fun part of relationships. We get to blend these two, these, these two lovely packages of stuff, right? And figure out what doesn't apply here anymore and what are we building? It doesn't mean like if you have an atta anxious attachment style that it, you can't find love. It just means that you need to get to a place of security, of secure attachment within your relationship. So it, that makes a lot of sense. It does. Does anything else on the on the insecure attachment also resonate? Yes. I don't know yet. I, well, I kind of know and I feel like I kind of don't know. He did share with me that he has experienced, you know, heartbreak before and he shared that his past girlfriend cheated on him. And, and that'll do it. That's so as soon as you said anxious attachment, I was like, oh, my gosh, it makes it would make sense because yeah. of that. It all makes sense. It all makes sense <laughs> when, you, when you unpack it all. Yeah. But the the. I think the fun part of an of a young relationship, meaning like a new relationship, is that you are writing the rules right now. And this is why I spend so much time talking about that early phase of dating, because once the rules are written, it's really hard to unravel them. It's very hard to rewrite them down the road. Yeah. No, that's yeah. absolutely true. And that's kind of what I meant with the uh, with like seeing this already and being like, how do I not pump the brakes but being like, hey, like, that's not This is cool. an opportunity. Yeah, this is an opportunity for you to say, you know, I want to talk to you about Tuesday night <laughs> or last night. I want to talk to you about last night. It's and and just state what is. Don't as make assumptions about what he's thinking or feeling. Just say, hey, you know, I was really trying to have a time with my friend and I was trying to communicate to you that I needed that space last night and it felt to me like you didn't you didn't hear me when I said that or you didn't understand what I meant by that and then you listen to dates and mates so you know I'm a big fan of the pause and listen and what does he say to that and he's probably going to say look I'm just gonna write your whole relationship here he's probably gonna I'm like let me take notes real quick <laughs> Yeah, write that down. Write that down. Go back when you're editing. Listen to it. Uh, but he's probably going to say, I'm sorry, Alana. I didn't realize. He doesn't even realize what he's doing or how it's making you feel. And then you give him the opportunity to voice what's really going on in his head and his heart. And then you make him feel safe and say, I understand. Thank you for explaining that to me. <laughs> I understand. Um, next time, can we try it this way? Or Next time, can I, can I just send you a text um, so that you know that I'm thinking of you, but I don't feel, I don't feel interrupted or I don't feel like you didn't acknowledge it, what I needed in that moment. No, that, that's exactly it. Like you took the feelings that I was having because I was like, I don't want to come off mean or like, 
you know, any like any type of way like that, like negative, but like, hey, gently. And that was the perfect gentle way to say without saying what I wanted to say and not lessening my feelings either, but also still acknowledging his. So and see the yeah. people, this is why we listen to Demona. This is why we listen to Demona right here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all figure outable. <laughs> you, would say. you can figure it out. It's just in owning your own feelings, having clarity on your own feelings. And then giving the other person the space to communicate. And also knowing he may have never communicated with a woman in that way. This may be. This is the way probably that he shows love. He thought this was the way that you did it. <laughs> and, and you're setting the foundation and the, the communication style for the relationship. So I think it's going to be great. I hope so. He's really sweet. So we'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> you better. I don't want to be getting a call, a dear Demona call. Mayday, mayday. We're going down. <laughs> but uh, to wrap things up, uh, I know you talked about your book that's coming out in 2024 that we are anxiously awaiting for. And I, tabs on. Um, I'm anxiously but, awaiting for it too. <laughs> I'm like, please let the muse strike me. <laughs> We're sending you all the good juju and vibes your way for that. Um, but do you do you have any, because we actually all read, do you have any dating and relationship advice books that you'd like to shout out to our listeners? Oh, my gosh. So many. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I've read them all. Uh, and most of them I've actually had on on the Dates Mates podcast. So there's a couple people I just want to acknowledge who... I think are a little under the radar. Um, there's a psychologist named Dr. Gary Lewandowski. I don't know if you follow him, but he is, I think, one of the most thoughtful and clear voices on dating and relationships. And he's not like a he's not like a out there in the media kind of guy. So I think a lot of people don't know him, but his work is excellent. He had a book uh, called Stronger Than You Think that came out last year that um, I talked about on Dates and Mates. He's just amazing. Definitely that. I also, just to invoke the the great Oprah again, I love the book that Oprah wrote with Dr. Bruce Perry um, that's all about sort of trauma and processing what happened to you. And it's called What Happened to You? Changing the narrative from what's wrong with you to what happened to you, which is kind of what we were just demonstrating in this conversation around attachment styles. That's another, that's another goodie. And actually that's not just about relationships. That's really for anyone like living in the world. In terms of dating strategy, I love Logan Yuri's book. That book is called How to Not Die Alone, The Surprising Science That Will Help You Find Love. She's the behavioral scientist at Hinge, so competing dating apps, but same philosophy. And I also love Getting the Love You Want is by Harville Hendricks. And I think they were just on the show. I, I think the 40th anniversary edition just came out. So Harville Hendricks and his wife, Helen LaKelly Hunt, they are like the forefathers of dating and relationship theory. So those are just a few of the books. I'm sure there are so many more that I could, I could think of. Yeah, and if you like think of them and want to send them our way, we're y'all listeners, y'all listeners. Um, we are gonna have all of these books on our bookshop, 
bookshop.org slash you all read or just go to the link in our bio on all social medias or go to our website y'all know all the ways to find our stuff um but Demona if you think of any more that you're like oh write this down just feel free to send them our way and we will add them to our bookshop list thank you thank you I learn from others so it's you know all of my philosophies are really are really derived from everything that I've read and that I've studied so I love that you are you're promoting people reading and gaining knowledge and really getting a deeper understanding of themselves in this way. I just also wanted to say before we wrap this up that I love what you just said about like going back in the philosophies of like ancient Greek, you know, and just like taking the best bits of a bunch of different, you know, I guess, cultural values from, you know, today and the past. I think that that is why I call you the Oprah of dating because you really like have taken something as, I don't know, like dating is just a big cloud and like everybody has an opinion and some people really enjoy being toxic and they throw that in their dating podcast too. And like, it's like hard to weed through everything. So the fact that you do the research for us and then come to us in a clear way and just like, tell us how it is. Uh, we can't thank you enough. And thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> that makes my heart so happy because that is really what I try to do. Like I do the headlines of the week and talk through new research and articles and what's happening, you know, pop culture and dating and try to synthesize all of that and then interviews and then the dear demona segment that's all you you make me i feel seen because that is really my goal with with dates and mates so thank you and yes i want to add one book <laughs> anything ryan holiday anything ryan holiday he is really what uh the person who helped me understand more of of you know the ancient philosophers so um he is a the stoic all kinds of stoic anything <laughs> beautiful we're adding these yes we're adding all of these to the list um thank you demona so much again for being on our show today and for having your show that is not your mama's dating advice <laughs> that we live by in our in our everyday lives so thank you so much you guys can follow demona everywhere we'll have all the links and everything in the show notes and on our social medias and with that, we are wrapping up another special edition Black 365 episode. Hope you enjoyed. Share with somebody. Y'all know how we feel about that. And we will see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. And rate us five stars. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, girls. Yes. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Shiwa Red to stay in the loop. Also, be sure to send us listener letters, fan mail, or PR to our P.O. Box 1725, Gardendale, Alabama, 35071. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com or post about it in our Instagram group. And for any business inquiries or collabs, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a five-star review for today's episode.